0: We are back, another week of the mush, another week of picking out winners, and a lot more losers it seems like, but we are back for another week, appreciate everyone's listens, follows, likes, comments, and and subscribing to the channel, Uh, quick recap, I went four and six, Gorney went five and five, and John went five and five as well, Uh, Gorney and I are now tied one game above 540 and 39, so if you are loyal to us, we're making you just a little bit of money. Just just enough. But we should, uh, let's, let's get it going. Here we go. South Carolina is going to Missouri, seven and a half.
1: Yeah, so we have a tale of two teams here. One, their coach is breaking his foot when kicking a Gatorade cooler after losing to Florida in a game that they should not have lost. They did not play very well in. They did not look good in. And the other one, uh, Eli Drinkwitz went basically from the hot seat to maybe the SEC coach of the year. They're six and one. Uh, they soundly beat Kentucky last weekend. Um, you know, that LSU 10 point loss was kind of tricky because there was a, you know, a returned fumble for or an interception. I don't remember, but for a touchdown late uh, that gave LSU the cover actually in that game. But other than that, Missouri has been playing really good football. Um I think that continues this weekend. I don't love how the how the game is being played out. The public in South Carolina, I mean, Missouri and South Carolina are pretty much split by the public. A lot of the money is flowing in on Missouri. Don't love the hook at 7.5. If you could buy it down to 7, um, I would take the Tigers here. But this is one of those situations, and especially in betting, when one team is just has nothing going right for them and the other team has everything going right for them, It usually is a flip situation, and and I would take South Carolina. I just don't think this is the week for it. I'm going to take Missouri. They're going to get Ryan Wingo, it sure looks like, in the next couple of days, and they have a lot of momentum going right now.
0: They do have a lot of momentum. Everything in me wants to take South Carolina here, but like you said, it's kind of a tricky game, but I I think Missouri is definitely the play. They're going to keep Ryan Hine, especially if they keep winning all these – like you said, Wingo and all these big recruits are definitely going to look more favorable for the Tigers, and they're at home. And you know my little sayings of uh, "I like I like the home team," and uh, but I I'm a sucker for Spencer Adler, though. So well, I hope I hope he proves he me. Been for years, yeah. We've
1: we have been suckers on him for years. All
0: right, we'll move on to Penn State, Ohio
1: State. We did want to bring in our uh, our favorite
0: expert of Ohio State publisher. <laughs> oh, I don't know about Taylor. that. <laughs> yeah, you will. I'm giving you that big title okay. now. for down the eyes.com awesome thanks for joining us man
2: thanks for having me and thanks for the introduction uh really excited to be talking about this one you don't get a lot of like there's only three really huge games on ohio state's schedule so to get ready for one this week saturday at noon really looking forward to covering it
0: absolutely uh so penn state is going to honestly like i said four and a half gorney what are your thoughts on the game what are you going to pick here for the spread
1: yeah, I would say that's a very uppity way of thinking of Ohio State schedule, Austin. I mean, very, very, <laughs> very. Sad. Three big games. Oh, jeez. Right. Come on. Man.
2: Sorry. Sorry. No offense yeah. to Rutgers. No offense to Indiana. <laughs> right. I'll say one more year than the West Coast. Those, those ones don't really thrill you, huh? Yeah. 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 I mean, you you know, Adam, like these are the ones that get people fired up. At, like the ones that make your hair stand up that you're excited to cover. Like I wish there were more of them. Like there, yeah. there may well be in the future, but. I mean, when you talk about these two teams, like, you know, that's going to be a good matchup.
1: Let's talk injury report. What, what does it look like at Ohio State for running back? And as I look at the covers injury report here, it looks like both guys are sort of questionable going in. Or is that kind of changed?
2: Yeah. So uh, Wednesday night, as Ohio State wrapped up, that's the last availability that we have with Ohio State for the week. Uh, and we get to see them, you know, coming off the field at running back. Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams and Chip we were all in uniform. I expect that Travion Henderson will play. He's missed the last two weeks. It's been an upper body injury. It was sort of a, a cautious approach for the Buckeyes. They didn't want to push it. If it had been Penn State in either of those games, I think he would have played. This week it is Penn State, so I think that he will. Uh, so you can count on that one. The others, the, the big one's Emeka Buka. He missed last week at Purdue. He's got an ankle injury. Uh, I am I would say questionable at best for Emeka. and this, he, he was in uniform on Wednesday night. We'll see what that means by Saturday. They gave him the weekend to rest. He didn't travel with the team to Purdue. And when you look at with Denzel Burke, we didn't see him come off the field. Uh, so we were not even really sure exactly what happened because there weren't a, the the peacock review re, reviews weren't uh, replays weren't really going in the press box or anywhere. I'm not sure if they exist in any form. But uh, he kind of got rolled up a little on uh, on a tackle in the third quarter. We weren't sure if it was an ankle or a knee. He had to be helped to the locker room, and then haven't got any real insight to his status moving forward but so those are the big ones outside of the running backs and and I would be uh you know less probably doubtful more than questionable with those guys
1: I do want to say it's kind of lame that the game is on Peacock it is such a pain I'm still a cable guy and like I haven't cut the cord just because I don't want to be in and out of apps constantly for work right but it's like I'm trying to watch games. I'm trying to flip during commercials. And then I have to go to Peacock and, and to watch the... Oh, it's just so lame. That's why it's not streamed in the press box. And all 200,000 Peacock subscribers around the world should be outraged about what's going on.
2: And then the broadcast itself was, according to the people watching, pretty terrible. So... <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, in terms of betting this game, the, the trends are not really all that great. You know, Ohio state's beaten Penn state five straight times. Okay. We get that. But uh, a lot of close games in this series, Penn state's five and zero against the spread last five times. They've been on the road in terms of the money on, on action. It looks like there's some sharp bets on Penn state. It's actually shaping up pretty nicely. For, if you're going to bet it for Penn state, I don't love either side here. If I had to pick, I would take the under where are you at Austin?
2: Yeah, I, I've I've seen so many crazy games between these two programs like everything on paper and if you're betting it all says hey two top 10 defenses so much pressure high stakes like maybe there'll be some nervy moments the score should go under and it should be a, a, a great fist fight between two powerhouses but. That was the case for like three quarters last year in happy Valley. And then everything went absolutely bonkers. Right. And that happens a lot. When these teams get together, you think about some of the crazy comes comebacks 2017 for Ohio state. Uh, some of the ones on the road uh, 2018, like the wild stuff that happens in these games. So that's always in the back of my mind that like you mentioned, they stay close. They're they've been very competitive. Uh, Ohio state tends to get the better of them in the end. And I can't shake it. Like, even if Ohio state has been trending as an under team throughout this entire season so far, with, I think one exception, uh, this, the series history makes me think it's going to be fun and it's going to be wild at the end.
1: Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And, and, you know, Penn state's having a a phenomenal season, but I don't know how much we know about them yet. Honestly, like, you know, their best win is probably Iowa. Um, They shut them out, but we all know Iowa's offense is completely pitiful. I mean, when your offensive coordinator has to score a certain amount of points to keep his job and then they they score zero, Uh, you know, the defense has been very, very good. But against UMass, against Northwestern, against a really average Illinois team, against West Virginia, which they pulled away late. I think this is going to be obviously the biggest test that they have, um, you know, at least up to this point in the season. Michigan – Will provide different sorts of problems. Um, you know, especially I don't know what Michigan people are at Penn State games taking signs or what what where they are doing that. I mean, that is story. They're very probably gonna
2: be in the horseshoe story. this weekend, right? They're gonna
1: or they have to <laughs> sell their tickets. Story. Very interesting story going out of Ann Arbor today. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. I think the defense is very good, but also very untested. I think Drew Aller on the road has been very, you know, everywhere has been very good, but Ohio State's defense uh, is is a little bit of a different animal than going to Northwestern. So yeah. I, I think it's just going to be and then you know, Penn State has been phenomenal against the run uh, but hasn't dealt with an offensive line like this. James Franklin in big games. I think we know the history there. So um, I think this though is more of an Ohio State Notre Dame game than it is the the kind of back and forth game. So I'm taking the under. On the goal line stand, I hope James Franklin has eleven people on on the field. Um, we will see, but uh, final score time. I'm going. I'm, I'm actually going to. If I'm taking the under, I should take the underdog. So I'm going to go 21-17 Ohio State.
2: All right. I picked uh, for over on our site. It's dotting the eyes. I think Ohio State will win this game 30 to 20. Like I said, Gorny. Like I, I just think these games tend to get weird. And yeah. if these defenses are that good, like they can score too. They're, we've seen uh, Penn State with a kickoff return for a touchdown with Saquon Barkley in this series. We've seen what happened there in 2016 with the blocked, you know, field goal to block punt. Like I, I weird stuff just happens when these teams play. And uh, like I said, Ohio State tends to get the better of it. Um, you know, once it comes down to the clutch, they've had some fantastic fourth quarters in this series. You, you never want to rely too much on the past. To, if this is a betting show, which it is. Like that doesn't always mean everything you should be looking at this season. But uh, even from that perspective, I'd say Ohio State, as you mentioned, they went on the road. They beat Notre Dame. That win looks a little bit better uh, today than it did a week ago uh, after that win for Notre Dame against USC and blowing them out in that building. So I think that helps. Kyle McCord answered the challenge late in that game. And this will be something very new for Drew Auer. I, I think he's a really talented quarterback, but man to go on the road for your first really huge game against an elite Ohio state defense and in the horseshoe, you know, place you grew up going to watch games like hundred thousand people game day, big noon kickoff, all that. That seems like a lot to me for him to handle. Uh, we'll see on Saturday at noon, but I, I think Ohio state will win this game 30 to 20 and I'm going wild and taking the
1: over. Before I let you go. <laughs> one last thing. Yeah. Uh, Michigan state urban Meyer rumors yeah. all over the place. Uh is this John Gruden to Tennessee 2.0 or even more ridiculous?
2: It's even, uh, it's about the same level of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> unless he's really changed his mind. I mean, I'll just say, I when he was retired, we were doing a show with him at his pint house in Columbus. I had a lot of conversations with him about the changes in the college football landscape, namely the transfer portal and NIL. And he did, the, he was skeptical that, his way could really work in college football anymore. Mm. I don't know why that would change. I, I in his mind, because he's very cognizant of his legacy. People told him that before he went to Jacksonville, that this could do a little bit of damage to your coaching reputation. And lo and behold, that did become the case. Having to go coach against Ohio State and rebuild Michigan State, I don't, I'm that makes me even more skeptical. But I've heard mm. it out of his own mouth. Now, that's not been recent. That's not been in the last two months where people have been talking about the rumor mill. But of all the places that he could ever wind back up at coaching, which I don't think will be any, I can't imagine Michigan State would be the one to do it. I really Right,
1: can't. right,
0: right. All right, we go to probably the biggest game of the week, pretty close to it. Um, Tennessee is going to Alabama. Uh, Alabama gets eight and a half.
1: Yeah, no, the biggest game of the week, definitely Penn State, Ohio State. No doubt about it major national championship implications there. Um, Tennessee, Alabama. Let's get to that one. Let me, let me look at the numbers here. Uh, You know, Tennessee has been a team that you thought was supposed to be this offensive juggernaut. Maybe if Nico gets in the game, they will be. This is a flip situation though. I think this is too many points. So um, the public likes Alabama a little bit here. The money, some, some big money is coming in on Tennessee here. And I, I'm not crazy about the game. I think I don't trust Joe Milton on the road. I'm sorry. I just don't. Uh, Alabama's defense is going to trick him and, and he's probably going to make some bad decisions. I just think eight and a half is too many points. So I'm going to take the Vols here. Don't love the pick. Um, there's no real major trends in this game. Um, you know, other than Alabama has won five straight at home against Tennessee. But eight and a half is too much for an offense that just doesn't seem to be clicking on all cylinders for the Crimson Tide. So I'm going to take Tennessee here in a close one.
0: Yeah, I agree with you with the defense. And because of that, I'm just going to go with Saban and my rules as always. Um, Alabama at home. I, I hate the number. Uh, I don't like Joe Milton like you. I'm waiting for Nico to come in so they can just be in the top 10 and we can look right from our uh, our days grinding it out at mm-hmm. Warren High. <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Alabama's the play here. Uh, I think the defense will hold them just enough. Maybe you get a late defensive touchdown or something something crazy to get, a, get it up to nine points. And I'll take the win there. Uh, I was going to ask you, though, because it, it's it's kind of a high number, at eight and a half. But I see here the over-under is 48 and a half. Like, that's kind of like a – it's a weirdly low, but also it's going to be a defensive game. I don't know. That, that's kind of like a – Fish yeah, line. listening
1: 48 and a half. So they're looking at a 28 20 kind of game, uh, one way or another. I actually like the over, honestly. I'll I, that's take what the, I was thinking. I was like, I'll if, take the if, over and Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Washington State is going to Oregon, pretty big line here for a pretty decent Washington State team. I know that they didn't look very good against UCLA, but 20 and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting one um, because maybe Washington State has been figured out here a little bit. And so, uh, you know, I was reading some some stories about what Arizona did to them last week, and it was rush four, drop eight, and make them beat you that way, and Arizona just completely pulverized them. So this is really a question of whether after a 4-0 start with a big win at Oregon State and beating Wisconsin there— And after seeing Wisconsin again last week, that is not a very competent offensive football team right now. Is this a team that is is PO'd and wants to go to Oregon and make a statement? Or have they sort of packed it in a little bit? I suspect they're, they're going to play hard. I think Jake Dickert's a very good coach. Uh, I think he's going to get them to play hard. Uh, and the interesting line here is that Washington state is 11 and two against the spread in the last 13 games against Oregon. So they've figured something out there. Um, That's 13 seasons of figuring something out, so we'll see. Uh, Oregon's probably going to win the game. I suspect the shootout after Oregon's loss last week in what was honestly something of ridiculous fashion. I mean... Yes, I love aggressiveness and I love making you know tough decisions and, and trusting in your team. But when you're doing things like that, I mean you gotta get with it a little bit. You you gotta trust your defense that they can, you know, stop a team in two minutes going 90 yards. So are you talking about I, I the fourth do down ball? I, I do not like how Dan Lanning coached at Oregon State last year, and I definitely don't like how he coached on the road. Last week, giving Penix half of a field to win the game. So I'm going to take Washington State here. I think Oregon bounces back and wins the game, but 20 and a half is a lot of points. And I think Vegas is trying to lure a lot of people in by Arizona blowing them out last weekend.
0: Yeah, I was going to take, I think I'm going to go Oregon here, and this is why, because Washington State, weirdly, has only been on the road twice this season. And it's been at Colorado State and UCLA. And UCLA, I saw that crowd, and it was about 40 people there. Yeah, less, so they never, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they never played anywhere that hasn't been, like, too, too crazy. The line's really big, but I think it's going to be – Oregon's going to try to prove something. Dan's pissed off because everyone's questioning the way he's coaching in games. So I'm going to take Oregon here to cover it. I don't love it, but the fact that they just never really played on the road for Washington State and they're not looking very good with scoring like less than 30 points in two games. Yeah. Give me a – I'll take Oregon.
1: Uh, Texas is going to Houston, 23-and-a-half. Yeah, this is definitely one of those sort of games that I might turn on if if those other games earlier are – Not looking all that interesting. Well, midday, really. There's a sharp bet on Texas, but and the public is all over Texas in this game. Almost 80% of the bets, but only 55% of the money. A lot lot of money coming in on Houston. I don't know. I don't really see it. Like, you know, Houston was lucky to beat West Virginia in maybe uh, one of the most lucky situations of all time in college football. Basically, West Virginia driving down the field scoring and then in three plays or so Houston chucks it from midfield and and they win but they got blown out at Texas A&M TCU stopped their offense completely blown out they lost to Rice this is this essentially is a two and four football team um against a Texas team looking to bounce back I just don't think Houston has the horses to stick with Texas here I'm going to take Texas in a in a 49-14 sort of situation
0: I absolutely agree with you. I actually am trying to avoid Texas uh, when betting because it just it, I see them they just they're all over the place. but Houston's just not a very good football team this year. like you said they've they've gotten lucky with their record. Uh, twenty three and a half is a little high, but not crazy enough. and um, they'll 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 handle business. All right, old Miss is going
1: to Auburn six and a half. Yeah, Joe Goodman, my buddy from back in the day when we both covered Florida wrote this week that if that if Lane Kiffin loses to Auburn, he should be fired. And Auburn. I think it was a little tongue-in-cheek, just basically saying that Auburn has been really pitiful recently. Um, you know, they have not been a great football team in the last few weeks. They have not looked good on either side of the ball. LSU blew them out. So after that, after sort of <coughs> battling Georgia, Those two losses against Texas A&M, which has so many problems right now, they couldn't move the ball and score against LSU. They couldn't stop anybody, and they really couldn't score. So we'll see. Now, if you look at the numbers here, Auburn has been very good against Ole Miss at home. Eight and one straight up in the last nine games. Six and one straight, eight and one in the last nine games when playing in Auburn. Six and one in the last seven games playing Ole Miss anywhere. So those are tricky numbers. Plus the public is all over Ole Miss 85%. The money's kind of following right along. The line has moved from two to six. This is a weird game. I don't really love it either way. I don't know if Auburn is sort of kind of given up a little bit after that LSU loss. I, I suspect not. Uh, I just don't know if they can keep up offensively with Ole Miss that can move the ball. I don't love this game either way. I hate the numbers and the, and the trends, but I'm going to take Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm going to side with
0: you on Ole Miss here. Uh, first off, just Auburn broke my heart last year and or last week, I should say. I I thought they were going to cover. Just it was a disaster, and Ole Miss will score. And if I only. If I only need a touchdown to cover this game, that's plenty. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't love always laying on the road, but that number's not scary. Auburn, it just, now we got trust issues. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that trust issue.
0: <laughs> All right. Duke's going to Florida State,
1: uh, 14 and a half. Is Duke still on the backup quarterback? Duke, yeah, supposedly Duke is going to still be on the backup quarterback here. So, this could change. Um, this could change my thinking if he somehow miraculously comes back and, uh, and makes it a game, but I'm actually going to take Duke here. Uh, the public likes Florida state. The money is following Duke heavily. So it's a flip situation and the line is dropping. So it started at 16 and a half. It's down to 14 and a half. Uh, even though the public is all over them. So somebody came in big here and took Duke and and thinks they're going to be able to keep it a close game. I do too. I, I just think that they're too well coached. They're 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 too succinct in what they're trying to do to get blown out here. This is not Syracuse. This isn't Virginia Tech. I think this game is much more um, like the Clemson game, and I'm not comparing Duke to Clemson yet. But I think even though they beat them, uh, I, I think it's much more like that game where it's going to be 31-21. I'm going to take Duke here laying the points.
0: I'm going to go Florida State here. Uh, I'm just going to ride the backup quarterback and hope that's the situation. And Florida State just runs all over them. Um, I, I I can't ever figure out Florida State. And they are a pretty good football team, and they're a good football team at home as well. And I don't think Duke and the boys are ready to get down there. 14 half does scare me. Uh, Florida State will probably win this game by, like, 7 or 10. But uh, I'll just take it the chance that the backup will play and – They'll uh, they'll cover that spread line. So, we move on. Uh, Clemson is going to Miami, and Miami gets three points.
1: Yeah, uh, I I don't see how this is a three point line. Um, I, I just don't think Clemson is getting the respect that they you know should deserve. Uh, Dabo said this week that some people should get off the bandwagon if they don't like how things are going, and I know they kind of crept by Wake Forest just a few weeks ago. Um, but they're a more physical football team than Miami, and their defense is much stronger. Um, Miami's coming off back-to-back losses. Uh, North Carolina put 41 on them last week. Georgia Tech beat them at home, which we all know was the the running when you should be kneeling and winning that game. I I just think Clemson is going to be too physical for them. It could be sort of a choppy game, I don't love it uh, in that sense, but Clemson is seven and one ATS against Miami in the last eight, eight showings. They're five and one the last six times they played. I don't see how anything changes there. So I think the short number is interesting. There's a sharp bet on Miami that kind of scares me a little bit. But if if this is a field goal or under, basically have to win the game and I'm going to take Clemson to win the game.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to go Clemson here as well. Uh, if John was on the podcast, I'm sure he would try to convince me to take Miami here with the points. Uh, but I, Clemson's a good football team. Three's plenty. Um, they'll take care of business down there. It'll probably be hot and humid, and those guys are used to that, actually, in South Carolina. But uh, give me Clemson. Utah is going to USC. USC's the favorite. Seven.
1: Yeah, this was almost my play of the of the millennium. Um, I'm going to take USC here in, in big fashion. Um, This is everything, everything that lined in a different way than Oregon, Colorado earlier this season. Everything here is lining up for USC um, to win this game and cover it handsomely. One uh, it's double payback from last season so if if we're going to bet that Utah is going to beat USC and Lincoln Riley three straight times, um, I don't see that happening. It's also,, um, it's also a bounce back situation for USC for playing so poorly at Notre Dame last weekend. And I was probably overly critical of USC on Twitter last weekend,, um, but they look bad against Notre Dame. I thought the play calling, was not very good. They didn't try to stretch the field. They didn't try to use their speed as much as they could have. Um, they they just didn't look great against Notre Dame. I think this is a still a very good football team, and everything that they care about, which is college football playoff, is in front of them. I just don't know if Utah can keep up offensively with Nate Johnson. So USC's defense has been very bad. Uh, there's just no... There's just no way around it. Notre Dame scored 48, and I know it was a lot of turnovers and all those kinds of things. It's still 48 points. Arizona, 41. Colorado, 41. A bad Arizona State team, 28. It has not been good, but Utah is not exactly an explosive team. I think USC uh, wins and wins convincingly, gets back on track, and everything points to that, that close of Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Which will be pretty mighty for anybody to overcome.
0: Yeah, I was happy, Gordy, that you had the uh, the same excitement as I had with this line at seven because I think this whole podcast is is turning like USC was turning into that list of we don't ever touch anything that has USC to yeah. do we, we cannot pick them. But this line is perfect. I'm a simple man. I only pick Utah at home. Uh, big fan of the, that team. I think they're a lot better. But SC, who's kind of been. Every time they win, they go down in the, in the rankings. Every time they lose, they take a big jump down the rankings. It's still a really good football team. And like you said, all your points are absolutely correct. And I think SC will, um, uh, put up a big game here. We wrap it up with Arizona state going to Washington, a pretty big line here, uh, 26 and a half.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a big line and, and the public and, uh, And the money is, and and a sharp bet is on Arizona state here. So this is really just Washington came back to win last week and feels phenomenal about that. And then kind of comes back to life and does not prepare for an Arizona state team that quite honestly, I don't know, needs how much preparation for. So um, this is a team, this is an Arizona state team. That's one in five. However, other than their loss to Fresno State which was 29 nothing which is hard to believe at they home. Would have covered yeah at home they, they would have covered every one of those numbers 26 and a half against Oklahoma State which is not a, a, an explosive offense especially early in the season they've gotten better they would have covered against USC and they lost to Cal and Colorado by 3 points each even though they came back miraculously against Colorado and went 97 yards in like the last minute to force overtime and then lost there. So there is also a trend here that that that's almost hard to believe. But Arizona State is 14 and one against the spread the last 15 times they've played Washington. And and they're nine and one in the last 10 times they played at Washington. So either Washington is the most mature football team in the history of college football and comes out and it's 28-0 after the first quarter, or they're still kind of feeling themselves after that Oregon win last week and the start of a great season. I'm going to side with Arizona State here. If they get blown out, they get blown out. But at least every trend and everything you see uh, tells me that Arizona State isn't going to win the game, but is, but is forty nine twenty eight out of the, out of the realm of possibility. No. So I'm going to take the sun devils.
0: Going into this podcast. Uh, this was actually going to be my game, my lock of the week. And I changed my mind because every time I kept staring at it, it scared me. I'm still going to take Washington here. Uh, I think it's the best play. Washington's done well for me in general all year. I mean, they didn't cover last week, but we didn't lose any money. Uh, it's a huge line. Uh, and I think uh, I'm a big believer in Penix. He's just trying to go for it for the Heisman. I think he's going to keep putting up numbers, 26 and a half, is very, very big. But um, I think Penix and especially them at home, they'll handle the the Sun Devils. All right, we wrap up the show with, uh, as always, with Lock of the Week. What do you got, Gorny? Yeah, let me paint a
1: picture here for you <laughs> in the Iowa Minnesota game. <laughs> That's what the segment
0: should be called is Gordy's pitchers,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the number that I'm seeing for the over under is thirty one, and that is absurdly low. I don't even think the service Academy games get that low, um but I still think it's too high. <laughs> 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 And one of my rules is any number that they put out that seems too high or low is not high or low enough. And so here, here's here's what I'm here's what I'm saying. Let, let's start with Iowa. Iowa is six and one. They genuinely could end eleven and one and be one of the worst football offensive football teams in the country. Um and they're going to get worse. And here's why. They've thrown 93 passes this year they've they in seven games they have four passing touchdowns in seven games they have five rushing touchdowns so in seven games they have nine offensive touchdowns which which is incredible um that that's just incredible but what's even better in terms of this under is that uh their top receiver if you want to call call them that uh, Eric all tight end transfer 21 catches, 299 yards, three touchdowns. So he leads in all categories by far. He has twice as many catches that, and than any other Iowa Hawkeye, the next two have 10 each. He has three of four uh, receiving touchdowns. Okay. Three of five. That means more than half and he's hurt. He's out for the year. So, their leading receiver in every category by far is out for the year. They can't score to begin with. And uh and their defense has been phenomenal. Now let's look at Minnesota, not exactly an offensive juggernaut. They're averaging 132 passing yards a game. That is insanely low. I mean, that is insanely low. They love to run the ball. Okay, I give it to them. They've ran, they, you know, they've run the ball 244 times compared to 138 passes this year. Well, they have eight rushing touchdowns. They average 180 yards per game. But then you look at Iowa's defense, and this is this is the key. This is the key to the under. Um, Iowa's defense is giving up zero rushing touchdowns on the season. Okay? And they've played Penn State, even though they lost and got blown out in that game, Nobody scored a rushing touchdown on them. Michigan State and last week, Wisconsin, which they held to six points. So I am of the belief that this game could literally be three nothing. Uh, I am taking the under and and honestly, I'm sh- I'm honestly surprised that the game is in the 30s because this game could easily be in the, the, the over under in the 20s. And I think people would take the under so. I think both coaches are preparing for a slow running, punting field position game. When big 10 coaches get in that mindset, that's what happens. This is not going to be up and down the field. Um, So I'm, you know, obviously at 31, it could sneak over. um, But I'm going to take the under here as my lock of the week. Also, it's not a team. it's, It's the over under lock. Oh, yeah over under lock over under lock a new one <laughs> a new one my locks of the week have actually been very good the last couple of weeks so uh I, i'm I'm sticking with an over under lock you make the same amount of money so I'm taking it I was gonna say i I need to kind of go back and find the
0: records but I think us three have a like combined have a really really good lock of the week record like I think yeah. we've only have like three losses total like across yeah. like, uh, everything's covering. Uh, for me, uh, I am going to take no pictures here. No, I'm not going to paint anything. Simple man. I'm going to go Colorado State is going to U, uh, UNLV, and they're going to get seven and a half. I think Colorado State's a pretty good team. They look good against Colorado. They just beat Boise State. UNLV's fine. You know, they might end up winning this game. But Colorado State, I feel like, is always on the highlights every week. They always do... Uh, a lot of impressive things. Like I said, they looked great. They, I trust my eyes, and they looked great against, um, Colorado. And I think seven and a half is just enough for them to cover. I think UNLV will probably win the game. The over under is massive 62 and a half. So I'm not going to give my, my lock there. It just, but I would definitely take Colorado State here, um, to make some money. All right. All right. Well, that is it. That's another week of the mush. That was fun to get Austin on and, um, Good luck to everyone this weekend. We'll see you next week. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment, follow us on all the social media platforms, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, Adam.
1: See you.